Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Mm, Hi, everybody. Hello, everyone. My name is David Bell. My name is Tom Ryan. And we just watched uh, 2023, Dave. We just watched 2023. Uh, one year closer. Thank the Lord. One I day know. we'll be able to finally rest. Our bones will fall, tumble into our respective graves, weary from uh. thousands of films we've watched and all of the jokes we've told. Oh my God! Yeah, the can years. You, I mean, can you even try to like every now and then I'll go back and look at our we just watched episodes, and I'll be like, I don't know th- what that is. Like, there'll be a title, and I'll be like, I don't mm-hmm. remember that yeah. at all. <laughs> I think one day we should do a We Just Watched where we just go through the old episodes and, and try if we to can remember, remember that's what the a, plots are. That's a really fun idea. We should definitely do that. <laughs> yeah, we should. We're not doing that this time. Not though. doing we'll that this do time, though. Not this year. No, this year we're doing best movies of 2023, or rather our favorite movies of 2023, because best is a subjective term it sure is dave right yeah so we we have a few things a few things to talk about one is that when we wrapped up the year Mm -hmm. uh i saw tweets of people like why didn't you cover x um not the movie x is that a movie it doesn't matter it is um it's also a band it's a lot of things it's a social media network Mm. um yeah no uh people just it's also you know, like, the, the surname of, of, of Static X founder Wayne X. No, Wayne Static is yep. his name. Never mind. It's also Mulder's source after Deep Throat. Mm-hmm. That's a lot true. Of X can That's be true. a lot of things. Um, <laughs> it it's the second to, to do with this podcast. <laughs> yeah, anyway. <laughs> no, keep going. Keep going. No, I got it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're all set. All right. We're all set. Point being that uh, we're not gods. Not yet. We uh we can't cover every goddamn movie that comes out. We were tired. Yeah, uh, we're tired, little boys. It's it's hard being the arbiters of taste. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. There's some stuff that I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. Um, you know, like is... I. Uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, um, just that there are some like you know we. I don't think we covered the Marvels. I don't think we covered most superhero stuff this year. No, or most uh, with Disney the exception stuff. Of a few. Yeah, because you know what? They've been, you know, blowing out farts in our face. Um, yeah, we gave them two. We, ta- gave, we gave them Ant-Man and we gave them Indiana Jones. And it was like, you know what? Exactly. We're all set. We're all set. No After more that, from you. Yeah. <laughs> I think we did cover Guardians 3. but um, We did, but that was before. That was before. Um, that's true. That came in between Ant-Man and um, 
Right. What's its nuts? The second thing I said. (laughs) Yeah. Much like the rest of the world, we sort of put Disney on the back burner. Yeah. Uh, but those those aren't the ones Indiana that I Jones. Regret that movie sucked so hard I forgot about it. Like two sentences yeah. within two sentences of mentioning it. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah. That movie is mm. Um so we wanted to I guess scoop up some of the ones we we haven't um talked about yet. Yeah, some of the some movies that we wanted to not just give you guys our list of what our favorite movies that we saw this year were, but also talk about movies that both Dave and I saw that we wanted to talk about and didn't get a chance to, and also highlight some movies that we haven't seen yet and wanted to, just like, er, missed those. Um, yeah. Maybe we'll do and like just a, what our... Okay. Oh, and just what our favorite movies were. Yeah, were you going to say maybe, maybe we should start with the ones we, we both saw and haven't covered? I think that's a good Is idea. Yeah, so? I, I was. I think that's a good idea. I was going to suggest maybe in January, if people even still give a shit about the Oscars, maybe we could do like an Oscars thing where we where we do another roundup of all the movies that we talk about today that we missed but wanted to see. Absolutely, yeah. I'm down with that. I, yeah, the Oscars don't matter, but it's a fun way to talk about movies. Right, you know? it's a fun, it's a fun so it's excuse a, to kind of do a, a roundup of the stuff you missed. Kind of like how top 10 lists are also feel useless, but they're fun. They're a fun yeah. format. Um, yeah, it, well, so it, it's, it sort of like forces me to like, I really, I don't know how hard this was for you, Dave, but I had to seriously sit down with the list of we just watched that we did this year open plus a list of all the movies that came out this year plus like my various watch lists on each stream just to remember what i'd seen this yeah. year <laughs> cuz we 100%. watched so much <laughs> we really did we we watch at least a movie a week if not several it's, us- it's usually two or three honestly <laughs> right and then and then there's ones that aren't from this year that i'm like oh i like that movie and then i remember like oh that movie came out years ago right uh, two, i just two, watched it two-thirds of those movies we watch each week are are the older ones usually the, the the we do the classic we just watch so we're watching two old movies and one new movie a week on average so. yeah and for people who don't know the way the way you have to i mean uh, Maybe your brain operates differently, but the way my brain works is I take notes, I watch the movie, and I retain it until we do the podcast, and then it drains out of me. It has to, yeah. And you kick it out of your it brain. It has to. Like you, it's like waking yeah. up the next morning. It's like, all right, I got to go to work, so uh, be gone when I come out of the bathroom. Right, because what we have to do, it's not just that we have to watch movies, it's that we have to have opinions on the movies that last at least 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Um, and so... For that reason, it's like you have to really think about a movie, even if the movie isn't that, like, worth thinking about. And I don't mean that means it's bad. Just like sometimes there's a movie where you're like, that was good. And that's it. That's all you want to think about, the movie. Um, and this yeah, is all we, to say we have the hardest job ever <laughs> that anybody has ever had. We have struggled with that legitimately a yeah. few times where it's like, this, this movie's good. I don't know. <laughs> Right, call out jokes that like, we like, but then also there's the uh, the famous. Oh my god, I can't remember the name of the movie, but it was the movie that we bailed out of halfway through recording the episode. Oh yeah, it was and that then babysitter did a second, movie because we realized we just don't have anything to say about this. Right, it was it was like it so, it wasn't terrible, but it was. Did we, did we did we bail on that one and then do Tigers Are Not Afraid? No, we, we did a the spider. Like did. Didn't we do that spider movie? Oh, you might itsy bitsy. Maybe that was that. Yeah. 
which is also a perfectly fine movie. But it's it has it unlike what we've just been saying. That movie has stayed in my mind for the most part. Like I remember pretty much all the beats. I think. Yeah, it wasn't a very yeah. It wasn't like a great movie, but that spider, that the spider was pretty good. That was a good effect. Yeah, I think so too. It was gnarly, Uh, but it it wasn't (laughs) incredible. No, no, it wasn't. It was not great, but it was gnarly enough that I remembered it anyway. Yeah, I was going to transition us on that subject to a movie we both watched mm-hmm. uh, and didn't cover, uh, which was VHS 85. Indeed. You remember that movie? I uh, Sort of. <laughs> I remember most of it. It came out earlier this year. It's the latest, I think, the sixth VHS uh, installment on Shudder this year. Um, five segments, I believe. Uh, one of, I know one of them was Scott Derrickson. I can't remember any of the other directors. Um, yeah. What did you think of this one? I thought it was mostly boring. Really? I, uh, I think it's one of my least favorite VHSs. That isn't to say it's terrible, but it was, I liked the weird, I liked the framing device, the, the framing, weird alien the stuff. The framing story is the best part of the movie, hands down. Yeah. Yeah, but for the most part, I think it felt more like VHS 1. Um, which is okay, except VHS has kind of on its own little arms race to be to escalate, right? To be as wild as possible, and this felt very muted. Like, uh, yeah, the um, the ideas weren't as I don't know. Like, apart from apart from the framing device, and honestly, the first segment that becomes like the middle segment when all the people get killed on the lake, but the lake water makes them immortal. Like yeah, that, that was fun. That segment and the total copy is the name of the framing story. Those two are are pretty good. But like the rest of them are like there's one segment where the the premise is just this performance artist lady who puts on a VR headset and the VR headset kills her in front of the crowd and nobody notices. And then the right. next and and then re- a, a, yeah. another one is like the Scott Derrickson one is basically it's almost like the black phone to an extent which is a movie he did earlier this year or that might have been last year anyway no it it yeah it, it, it felt like scott derrickson didn't care enough and was like here's like the cutting room floor of my other scripts you know right. like it, it, felt it like, feels like because yeah. it's like a weird serial killer plot where it's like the the murderer is a policeman and his teenage son is psychic and he's having dreams about his dad murdering people and he's projecting them onto videotapes that he's sending to the police it's like this convoluted supernatural like dean Koontz thriller so my point is yeah. is like the premises weren't as wild or like oh there, there there's another one where it's um the very first one at, it's actually the second one after the um people get killed on the lake but it's the one with the earthquake in mexico city where they find like an ancient aztec god yes. um that one was, okay. was kind of neat that one was okay yeah. yeah that i think that one was the best idea because it starts just with this um just a normal news broadcast with this kind of prima donna news anchor during an earthquake and she refuses to leave the studio during an earthquake and then it collapses and then it becomes a story of I think she's dead at that point. So it's the rest of her crew is stuck inside and they're waiting to be rescued by the fire department. And then the fire department arrives and it becomes a different story about like them stuck in this ancient temple underground. So it's like this cool idea that escalates. And that, that felt more like a classic VHS top like premise where it's like the premise is like we've had Medusa's we've had skateboarding zombie fighters. We've had alternate dimensions. We've had a, a, a succubus. We've had the freaking, 
the 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 Timo uh, Tajanto segments from two. I've, I've probably mangled his name. I apologize so dearly. Yeah, madness. We've had madness. Right, like we had like the fucking cult segment in two that he did, and then also the Resident Evil one he did in like ninety. I think it was ninety nine. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, so there's been bonkers segments to this that just go completely outside of the box, and it seemed yeah, like you're outside of the three that I called out. The others were pretty muted. Um, yeah, they felt like they they had it to me. It felt like they didn't they yada yada it, meaning that like they either began or ended with a decent idea, and then they mostly mostly they didn't know how to finish it. Like the Scott Derrickson one is just like yeah, it's like a shootout, and then they and all get in a like, Reservoir Dog shootout. It's like really right. There's no <laughs> like the best ones are written like jokes, right? Where they have almost a punchline or like a, yeah. sto- a short. These just kind of end. Same with the earthquake one, where you're like. And then they're attacked and it ends. Um, and then I would say the opposite one for the performance artist where it's like where most of that one is just watching a performance uh, on stage. And I was like, this is so right. But nothing's happening. I could see this in L.A. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and then at the end, she just gets killed by the VR. And it's like, right. that's it? it? Like the, the mask eats her face or something at the very end. Right. It's like, and it's, it's like, yeah, um, it's so much lead up to nothing. And most of these were like. And then they die, and you're like, "Oh, okay." It reminds me of the, the I used to make horror books as a kid, and they all ended with the main character just going, "And then they died," <laughs> and uh, that's yeah. what it felt like. You just give up. <laughs> yeah, I had I had two more pages left on the book that they gave me, and I realized it, and so I was like, "Oh shit, he dies, he dies, and um, everybody dies." Yeah, I, I do. It's um. David Bruckner is the person who directed the the framing story total copy. He's the guy who did uh, um, the ritual and uh, the night house. Ooh, good director! Um, and it's, it's the best segment. And it, like you said, without without spoiling it, it essentially ends in a punchline, and it's fucking great. It's like yeah, it is like something that friend of the pod Jason Pargin would have written. Absolutely. Like it, it's a, it, it's, it is, is, it, is yeah. a, it is a John and Dave case <laughs> from John It 100% is. End. <laughs> yeah, it is it's worth like if if you're not a big fan of VHSs and you only watch the good ones, I would say yeah, only watch the framing device of this one. Um and and it's yeah, I I just I was that's the thing it's it's not bad. But it's weirdly no, one of my least favorites because, like, it's down there with viral because it's just, it has no ambition like the others. Um, and it's made by very talented people. Um, it just felt like, I don't know, maybe this was a pandemic film. I don't know what it was, it might but have it been. felt like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I have no I, idea. I, I, it just felt like they were like, we got to do another. Do we have any good ideas? Not really. Well, we got to do another, so let's do one. Yeah, you're, and you're right. Felt- As a, the more I think about it, Dream Kill, it, it's not just like the Black Phone. It's also like mostly, what was his other one? Sinister. Sinister. Yeah, like it's it very, has the same sinister yeah. sequences. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do it just wanna, feels I, like deleted scenes. It all feels, all, all of them feel kind of like deleted A little bit. A that, little bit. Yeah. I, I do think Total Copy and No Wake slash Ambrosia were pretty ambitious. Because no, yeah. no wake Ambrosia was is broken up into two different segments, so it's you don't even realize they're connecting at first. So that was pretty cool. And then obviously we've yeah. we've we've been crowing about total copy, the framing story. Um, so those yeah. two were the most ambitious, I think. And and also God of Death had that weird bonkers escalation, although kind of a disappointing ending. 
Yeah. I do think I do want to credit No Wake has that sniper sequence is really well done. It's pretty so good. Like, yeah. It, again, it's it's not it's the it's the stories. It's not the 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 filmmaking. No, um, not at all. It it just it just didn't feel like any of them went to enough places. But they're yeah. very well made. Yeah. And so there are memorable moments for sure. Yeah. It's it's worth it for total copy alone. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, on that subject, do we want to talk about Missing? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, Missing is the it's the sequel to Searching. It's not a, a direct sequel, but if you remember Searching, that was a movie that takes place entirely on someone's computer monitor, and it was like a true crime. Yeah, it was about um, it was from a few years ago about John Cho and his daughter goes missing, and he's trying to find her, and it's told entirely within browser screens and windows, like unfriended yeah. in movies of the sort. And this, I think, this takes place came in the, and went. It did, yeah, because it came out in the very beginning of the year. I think it takes place in the same universe because I think they mention yeah. the John Cho movie at one point, but otherwise, it doesn't have anything to do with it. It's just another yeah. movie about a missing person that's also also unfolds on browser screens. Um, I really liked this one, Dave. Me too. I really liked it. Also, I'm they, glad we didn't cover it why, because why I that? like it for all the for all the same reasons I like searching, meaning that I would feel like I'd just be repeating myself. Right. Like I, I, I want them to make 10 of these, 20 of these. This should be a TV series um, um, because it is a very well-crafted mystery and it's done on the computer screen <laughs> and it's, yeah. It's, Go it's on, in, you had it, something to say. Well, I was just going to say, it's interesting how well the format works for a mystery like this when you're following just basically one detective character. Um, but the, right. the thing I was going to say is the one specific thing I do want to point out in this movie that would be different from what we said about searching is that this movie finds a very interesting and clever and elegant way to switch the perspective when you're not expecting it. Um, yeah, and that's it, and true. It's, and it's like a chilling moment when it happens, when the perspective yeah, switches. Yeah, when you, you realize you're watching the screen of the the of, bad guy. Yeah, somebody else. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> And it does it, it, it. What's funny is that the whole time you are still watching the same screen, mm-hmm. what you realize is that they're cloned or they're spying they're, on someone else's screen yeah, the whole time. We, yeah, we realize that what we've actually been seeing is not the character's screen, but somebody else. Yeah, watching it. They have. That's the thing that's so amazing about these. And maybe I'm wrong by saying they should make 20 of these because maybe there's a limited. There's a limited uh, amount of things you can do. Yeah, we've already seen. But it's seen, amazing like, how creative they've been with a very limited idea. It's kind of like you're okay. waiting for them to break the format for that reason, right? Just to go like we mentioned VHS viral earlier, just to go full on magician segment where it's not yeah, even exactly. found footage anymore. <laughs> but you know what they could start doing? They could play with stuff like VR goggles. They could do like, oh, yeah. you know, someone having augment, but then AR, that starts yeah. cheating. Yeah, that starts cheating a little because then that's just a found footage movie, um, like a POV. But like, yeah, this still managed I mean, the to the computer screen me. is still technically found footage. It's just the camera is stationary. But yeah, it, this what the, the things There's they did a, were really clever and surprising in this movie. Yeah, they managed to have a really well composed of uh, several shots that in, in, was amazing there's a shot where a character is being dragged away from their computer 
and they're trying to get help. So what they do is you have the, you can, on the screen, you can see their front facing camera. So you can see them in a corner of the screen. And then there's like a, um, a button for the, um, like calling the cop. I forget what exactly it was. There's a button to like that they want to press to call for help. So in the shot, you see her being dragged away while grabbing the computer. And then you see the cursor drag across the screen, trying to get to the button that she's trying to get to. And then she's dragged away. So it's tension. And again, it's all from the POV of a screen. So it was like, that's what's incredible about these films is that like, I always think I know the limitations and then they do something where I'm like, holy shit, that was an amazing yeah, idea. The, the turn I never in this would have movie, thought yeah, to do that. Yeah. The turn in this movie really surprised me. Yeah. Um, and the, t- the techniques are, mm-hmm. are so they're sitting there and they're thinking like, how do we use every part of this um, visual like premise? And they really, they, they keep coming up with new fucking ways to do it. And it's so um, funny to watch something like this and then watch, something like whatever Neil Blomkamp's version was called. What was it called? Demon? I don't fucking remember. His, like, his I, VR. I, and it's oh, where, yeah. Where it's just like this this lauded filmmaker does kind of a poopy version that, that was ambitious, but ultimately didn't really work. Uh, whereas yeah. this, the, these filmmakers um, who are not household names, I'm not, I apologize. I don't know who the director of this film was or the filmmakers behind it, but they're not like looked at as like these dynamos, but they're doing these, these really impressive, clever things with the format. So it's, it's funny to watch like, Oh, here's what like the, the big, uh, uh, the guy who was like the darling of technology for a brief moment, Uh, not that long, (laughs) like like Neil Blomkamp kind of fizzled out really quickly, but like, it's just, it's just interesting to see what, ideas um happen when you know more people get to sit at the table i guess is what i'm trying to get to oh yeah and i'm looking these people up and it looks like they both both directors have a heavy background in editing and i'm like yep yep that these makes are so much films. sense these are edit yeah. i mean every movie is but like that's but that's this one that's more the so is, <laughs> they know what they're doing and they're very good at this specific thing it reminds me of like blair witch project those yes. directors went on to make book of shadows which was famously bad and it's like and then they went back and made some found footage stuff and it's like okay so that's the thing you know how to do you're very good at this one thing and that's okay and so like i'd love to see these directors make a non you know pov screen movie but right now they're very good at that and it's actually different people who did missing and searching um it turns out i'm looking up searching and i believe it's a different director cool. yeah it is but in both times, they also tackle it like directors, you know, they know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was the same like writer. They're, they're still like, yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, just to what you said, they're still tackling like directors, like the shots are still composed. Like you said, with the has her face in the corner of the screen and the cursor and all that. That's all like, yeah, it's all like very me- meticulously done in, 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 in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's really impressive to see this done. It's really fun. Yeah, watch it. Big fan. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, we should talk about Dark Harvest. Mm. <laughs> this is a slasher movie that's based on a book um, about this weird small town where every year they have a ritual. We're all like the young men, I guess, or is the basketball team or something. And, and all the young men in town, basically all the teens at the high school have to hunt down this 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 evil pumpkin head dude named Jack and beat him to death yeah. before he reaches the church. 
It's like they're it, it's 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 their lottery, you see. Uh, they yeah. jacked to death with with bats, and we get a good harvest this year. Um, and it's a, yeah. Oh, it's it's I I a lot of people are telling me to go see this movie, and I'm I'm glad I uh, I'm glad I finally watched it. It's very clear at the beginning that like this. I don't want to spoil it that much, but we'll put time codes to tell people you know when mm-hmm. each. It's so very. We don't have to feel that bad. But, it's very um, Twilight Zone from the beginning. Like you can tell something's. Yes, that's wrong. what I was gonna say. What I liked about this movie is I didn't know there was gonna be a twist, and it, I wouldn't even call it a twist. But once you're, you think you know what this is gonna be, and then the premise, you realize quickly they play that premise out very fast, and then you're like, oh, this isn't about that at all, is it? Where it's like they do the thing like you, I thought this was going to be a slasher where it's like, oh, the pumpkin head guy is the villain. And then it becomes very obvious very quickly that no, pumpkin head guy isn't the villain. Mm-mm. The town is the villain. Yeah. There is something wrong here. It almost felt like purgatory. Like I was half expecting a reveal to be like, there is nothing outside of this town. Like it had that feeling, but they never do that. Um, they they show it to you in an abstract like in the beginning we see that the main character's brother wins because he beats sawtooth jack to death um right and they give him like a cadillac and they send him on his way into the world and he drives off into the night on this endless highway and there's nothing so like it does and that's kind of the end of the first sequence so that's kind of what i meant when i said earlier that it's like twilight zone from the very beginning you get the sense that this place is maybe out of time or doesn't exist yeah, they, with the rest of reality. Right. That's why I didn't want to call it a twist. Cause I feel like the filmmakers very smartly was like, right. Because we're not it's hiding anything. They are. Cause like the, the exact nature of it is, but they, they, you are primed to be suspicious of the town and this ritual from jump and yes, less so of, be, less yeah. so of sawtooth Jack. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, something's up, but yeah, you, you don't quite know what's up. And then, um, yeah, spoilers. The reveal is that Saw- Sawtooth Jack is is the winner of the previous year. They are turned into this creature, um, and it's part of it's just part of a dark it's harvest. The, it's the sa- the sac- It's you think Sawtooth Jack is the sacrifice, and he is. But like the twist is, what the boys are actually competing for is the chance to be the sacrifice. Yes, and it's actually sacrificing your young. Like mm-hmm. it's it's clear that the actual sacrifice is we need one of your children to be sacrificed. It's a very and, like, this standard, is, like uh, uh, a wicker man type evil harvest situation. We need a young person, so we get a good harvest this year. You know, exactly. It's, it's very classic horror story mm-hmm. stuff, but it's told but, in a new way, which was really interesting. Yes, um, it had it had. A lot of fun vibes. A little bit of Misfits vibes. They have the skull mess. Isn't the Misfits even in the soundtrack? I believe so, um, yeah. Yeah. It's, they're real, it's they're real very... like 50s. It's kind of, they're kind of like punkers, like uh, Grease Punks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. It's a very cool aesthetic. And the movie itself is very chill. It's It's like one of those where I'm like, I don't have that much to say about it. Because this is one where I'm like, this was just a really fun good movie this is just i i enjoyed it you know a couple more things i want to call out like i said it's based on a novel i'm really curious to read the novel um and uh it's directed by david slade who hasn't had the best run of movies but he did make hard candy and i still really like hard candy Um, yeah 
and, and also 30 it's days got, of night yeah well, i don't love i think 30 days of night was a good idea that was executed poorly but um it also yeah. has uh alcoholic dad jeremy davies you can't lose with alcoholic dad jeremy davies <laughs> no you can't <laughs> solid alcoholic <It> dad <laughs> Yeah, who else? I I thought. Hold on, I'm gonna look it up. Uh, Elizabeth Reeser is in it. Is the only other really kind of famous person in it. She's from um, them Flanagans. Uh, she's uh, uh, she's uh, what's her name from Hill House? Um, um, Shirley. Okay. Um, right. Yes. I re- she's the mom, right? Mm-hmm. In yeah. this, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, yeah, they, they they do a good job with the parents, like. They, they they introduce these ideas and they all click later where they're like, if if a kid wins the harvest, his brother, his siblings can't. Um, yeah, no other first person in the household gets to, yeah. Right, and at first you think it's because it's not fair to everybody else. Because the the winner they they get to they get this car they get to leave town but their family gets a nice house and better off so it's like oh yeah you don't want to like double that up and then you learn no it's it's not that it's unfair to the families yeah, you can't because take they can't two of lose their children. both kids yeah yeah it is clear like i i definitely again i don't think the movie was trying but there's this idea where he gets like letters from his brother it's all about like where did your brother go and i i like pretty quickly was like i bet he's the it's obvious it's ob- well it's obvious he's dead dad. or it's yes. or it's obvious he, i'm not gonna say it's obvious you are suspicious of the of the correspondence the letters do not seem to be coming from his brother yeah the thing about this film was like i didn't again i didn't need it to try to surprise me and it Mm-mm. didn't feel like it needed to it was just generally like really well made and like fun like the, 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 when the surprises Satu were Jack organic like, murders yeah. that bunker of kids and shit oh, like that yeah. I love that. Yeah, I love when pouring out. It, it Sawtooth Jack is kind of like it seems kind of whimsical because he's this big pumpkin head dude, and they have to chase him to beat him like a pinata basically until his head explodes with candy. Like it literally explodes with candy. Um, and I think yeah. his body is full of candy too. But um, and they but, tear the candy out of him when they kill. They really him. do. So like, however, they starve them. Like Sawtooth Jack is not like some. <laughs> he's not some bitch. Like he fucking rips people yeah. apart. He rips them apart. It's an interesting yeah, dynamic. It's, 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 yeah, it's like a slasher, but it's also the purge. Yeah. They have a purge energy where they don't, they starve their kids for three days. So when they go out. That's right. I forgot about Sachi's that. Jack. They, yeah, all, they're, they're, they all get locked in their like bedrooms monsters. for three days and they, and they starve them. So when they let them out, they're all just insane. It's a lot of really good vibes. Like this has the making for a cult classic. For sure. For me. sure. It's like I mentioned earlier and kind of interrupting you. I apologize. Uh, the surprises no are more, the surprises are like organic. They're not big surprises. Like they're, they're twists that are just kind of in line with, they don't spend, like you said, they don't spend a lot of time like planting seeds to give you some big reveal. There's just kind of a couple of questions that come up as you go through the movie and then they get tied together and you're like, Oh, that's it. It's, yeah. a, it's not like big reveals or anything, but just very satisfying storytelling is done in a, done in a, a good way. Absolutely. Um, and I don't know. I'm, I'm just glad people are going to be, um, I don't know. I, I, it's nice to see a new cult classic um, uh, yeah. out there. Do we want to talk about, um, speaking of horror, When Evil Lurks? Yeah, let's do it. Mm, this is the director of Terrified. It sure is. Um, his new movie. It, it was on more hype. If you recall, it is um, demonic possession as a pandemic. Yeah. So like people are kind of like, they're like, they uh 
they already they're sort of cash they're it's cash. really casual like everybody's aware of demon possession it's just a thing that happens it's it is very much a pandemic movie um it's just yeah. replace the pandemic with demonic possession and it's two farmers out um in the countryside um and they encounter uh, a, a neighbor that uh, is clearly possessed um but and it's like this in this dystopic kind of future which is i mean it's it's not really that dystopic because it's exactly what happened but like the government's not giving anybody any instructions or updates anymore on what to do about the demonic possession right like, geez, why sort of is that abandoned. familiar uh so these two brothers just kind of clumsily and it's really the main brother the older brother is this um is the main character and he starts trying to handle this on their own it's like well the government's not going to help us we have to get this possessed dude off of our land or else this is bad news for all of us like if a possessed person dies it unleashes a demon um, they have to be like exercised by a specific expert, but uh, they find that like this expert exorcist has been killed and beheaded on the way to the house. So like, well, we'll just dump this demon in the countryside uh, ourselves. Um, them and their landlord, actually. That's right. It's their landlord. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And of course, uh, shenanigans happen. The the possessed dude falls out of the back of their uh, truck and it just starts spreading and shit starts going nuts all over the place. It's basically about a guy who did a bad job and his entire family pays for it. Um, uh, it's, because- mo- it's, it's mostly the, the landlord honestly starts it because he's the one that's like, we got to get this possessed dude off our land. And then he falls out of the truck. It's like, fuck right. it. And then he gets back and he shoots the possessed goat, which unleashes the demon that kills him and his wife. Yes. I mean, the government started it, but yes, they did. Yeah. It's, all, it's that <laughs> idea that this guy has no resources and that it slowly trickles down. And it's a very, I'm going to say mean movie. Oh, this is uh, one of the I, meanest. I mean, uh, terrified yeah. is mean. This director makes mean films. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's what I'll say. I, 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 I like Terrified way better. This is very well made, but it was almost too mean to the point of being kind of pointless to me. It has, it, it, it just keeps, it, it's a, it's a different type of horror. It's a psychological horror where like early on the dog kills one of their kids cause it's possessed. Um, and it's kind of, it's lightly adorable just because it's a dog actor. And whenever there's a dog actor, it has its little doggy face. So when it grabs the kid, it's it, it looks like it's got a little treat. It's and just it's wail- just it's very just wailing happy. on a dummy, like its ta- tail yeah, is wagging. Exactly. <laughs> like- yeah, like you can't help but to know what you're actually watching. Yeah, you're which watching is a, a dog play dog. with a doll. Play with it, yeah. <laughs> um, but and and so we're, we can go into spoilers a little bit. Is like basically this guy watches his whole life get destroyed in a very cruel way. And then basically that spite in the end causes him not to properly get rid of this demon and just unleash it further on the world. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And it's done in a very gory ass way where the demons, they're great fucking demons because they're like kind of weirdly passive, but also they aren't (laughs) like they, they kill people, but they're like, they they don't like they're not like evil dead demons right no um they just sort of they're more like weird and haunted and it's a it feels like a slow possession um kind of like the exorcist i think this movie i really like this movie but i also agree that i think terrified is more scary this is just kind of it is almost comical and how cruel it is but yeah Watching it as like it very quickly clicked as a pandemic movie for me. So watching it oh, from yeah. that viewpoint, like 
I understand. I, I just, I'm, it's, it's basically, it's all about this, this main character, the older of the two brothers, um, ruining his own life. Uh, basically like the dude who flees the military facility in the beginning of the stand and spreads cat and trips. Like it's, yeah. we saw people behave exactly like this. hundred uh, percent. Yeah. So he's just a dude doing every selfish thing people do during a pandemic and of course, it all blows up in his face. Yeah. And it also it's, has the um, additional, just one real quick. I also like that oh, it no. has a slow reveal that this guy doesn't have his shit together. Like there's a point, like you sort of, you yeah. get, you, you slowly get information about him. Like, okay, we know he's divorced, but we can see that he's like this hardworking dude. He works this big farm with his brother and their mom. Like they take care of their older mom. He seems responsible. Um, and then we get, he, he's like, when the demon breaks out, he's like, we have to get into town to get to my ex-wife and her husband and my kids. We have to make sure they're all safe. So he seems like he's a good guy. But when he gets to the ex-wife's right. house, there's the reveal that the, the divorce was ugly. He's got a restraining order uh, placed on him because he's been stalking them. Like, he's not a good dude and he doesn't have his shit together. <laughs> um, yeah. And then so you, you get it, this um, realization, like, partway through, like, oh, this guy... We shouldn't feel good that this guy is sort of in control of the narrative. And from that point on, it's just pure chaos as he destroys everything. At a spot. Yeah, it, it's I love that moment in a film when you realize that the protagonist is not someone you like, where you don't necessarily you, you always are on the you start on the side yeah, of you the have, main character for yeah. obvious reasons. Yeah. But movies being like, you don't have to like this guy. Um yeah, I, I, it's a very well-made movie. It's just, like, it's not on my top 10, not because it's a bad movie, but because I like Terrified so much more, and that's more my jam, that I was like, this is very good. It's just not my particular, like, I didn't enjoy watching it. I didn't have fun <laughs> watching this movie. I laughed at some of the cruelty, for sure, but ultimately... It it was like it's number eleven on my top ten. You know what I mean? Sure. Where it's like it's a it's a fantastic movie. It didn't. It just didn't make the list. I I, I didn't. There's a lot of very good movies that didn't make my top ten, and this is one of them where it's just like I just I I I still keep thinking about terrified, and this movie was good. It just wasn't my my genre of horror, I guess. Um, yeah, I, was, I, I I dug it, but I, I totally agree. It's not it's not as scary as Terrified. So I would oh say yeah, start again, with Terrified. I dug it. Yeah, I dug it too. It's just like it was just uh, a little a little too cruel, I guess, to make my top ten. I don't know. No, I, I get it. it. It does sort of feel like <laughs> it does sort of feel like we're punishing a guy we already kind of don't like. Yeah, so yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> I do get that, but that's a lot of horror. That's Pet Cemetery. Yeah, for sure. Like it's it's very it's Pet very Cemetery. similar to Pet Cemetery, honestly. It's a dude who starts out okay and then just completely tips. Yeah, and just goes on till and, and ruins then, everything. Yeah. It and ruins you're just everything. watching being like, stop, stop yeah. doing If you stuff. just stopped, or if you just did the sensible thing that you're being told to do instead of the impulsive, selfish thing you think you have to do, then this would right. be solved. But he can't do it. Yeah. Um <clears throat> Well, that I think that concludes the movies we've both everything, seen. Yeah, we both seen. So we should probably. Is this our wanna, what, what we missed, or do we want to just go into our top ten? I was going to do. I was going to do what we missed because I okay. feel like that that'll be quick. I was th thinking, yeah, sorry, I missed you, and then our top ten, and then maybe just some honorable mentions at the end, things that didn't make it. We could talk about why. Um, it lives inside. 
didn't catch it. I wish oh, yeah. I did. Yeah. And uh, I, uh, yeah. I just, yeah. The, the bone woman, speaking of which. Oh, um, I'll talk about the bone woman. Okay. Yeah. I, I, the bone I woman, wish I would have seen that one. I haven't seen that one yet. That one, um, spoilers, is in my honorable mentions. That was a hard choice to bump the bone woman off. It's very good. Um, it's another one that just like when I watched it, it was very good. And then it just sort of, it, it, it sort of faded away in my memory. Um, I do recommend people seeing it. Her, who Sarah, the bone woman for the sake of this conversation, I won't spoil anything. That's all to say it's very well done. It has, we covered the others. It has that same bit where like, for example, when there are scary things, it doesn't prompt you with like jump scare sounds. Mm-hmm. It just lets it, you get scared by it. Um, which I really appreciated. It's obviously an elevated horror. It's about other things. So it's like more like a drama horror. Cool. Uh, very good movie. Awesome. Um, theater um, camp. Oh yeah. I did want to see theater camp. Me too. And I, I am so sad. I missed it. Well, I think it's um, on, I, will see I, th- it. I think it's on prime. I think. Right. For the sa- for the record, these are just movies that we couldn't watch before we uh Yeah, we recorded. just didn't get a chance to get these movies in. I so badly want to see Godzilla minus one. Yes, it's, that it's, is on my honorable is, mentions. It is playing um everywhere near me. It's just I haven't been able to get out to the freaking theater in the past two weeks. It sucks. I want to see it so bad, Dave. All right, here's what I'll say about Godzilla minus one. It is extremely good. It's also a product of us lowering the bar of blockbusters. And that is to say, it's extremely good, but it's not like life changing. Like some of the hype around it has gotten a little over the top as far as I'm concerned. Sure. That I don't want to take anything away from it. It's a very good Godzilla movie. And it's just Godzilla. Nobody else. Just it's what are we going to do about this Godzilla? It definitely has pandemic vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Has pandemic vibes. The this is this this is in the trailer it's about a kamikaze pilot so it's very much about this idea of like sacrificing a generation for the greater good etc etc yeah yeah so, it's a period piece too i really love that it is yeah yeah go see it it's great uh extremely good it's not it's less fun than you'd think it's more like i'm a not expecting it to be concept. fun that's why i'm it's yeah. one reason i'm so amped to see it i'm expecting it to be like pretty heavy right yeah, uh, Godzilla minus one. In the, one, in that, the way that my... the original Godzilla is pretty heavy, right? That's, um, not, a, that's not a fun movie to watch. I mean, no, it not is. at all. It is because it's well made and amazing. But yeah, <clears throat> anyway. uh, but it's good. People should see it. Uh, Past lives. So I I need to talk about this movie in the sense that I had opportunities to watch this, and I just haven't. Um, I don't actually have an interest in this movie. That's all. It's this is all to say that. If you look at most top 10 movies of the year, this is on it and it seems to just be a romantic drama. And I'm like, why? Why is this on everybody's list? I have to find out. Well, didn't so, we cover didn't we cover it on hype? Hypecast? Isn't- I don't think on hype. No. Okay. Because it's it's just it's about childhood friends who reconnect and they have like a little like will they won't they. That's what the trailer is. Mm-hmm. It's a Korean film, um, isn't it? 
I think so. Yeah. And it's on everybody's list and I, I I'll see it eventually. Yeah, but for sure. I, I just, definitely want to see it. Um, it, but it, you're right. It's not super high. On my list. It, I, just I, want because I don't want to see it that much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just because it seems like a relatively simple, straightforward drama and there's other more high concept things on my list that I wanted to get to such as anatomy of a fall, which I haven't seen yet. And I desperately want to. I will talk about that later. Okay, really want to see that. <laughs> All movie. I can say is you should see that movie. Yeah, um, um, it. I yeah. I don't. I yeah. I'm. I'll. I'll. I'll expand on that. But yeah, spoilers for my top ten list that appears on it. Sure. Um, um, I've got a couple more. Oh yeah, me too. Cool. Let's hear another one, man. Sympathy for the devil. Oh yes. I know. Sympathy I, for the Nicholas Cage. Movie. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be a good movie, but I just, I want to see, I like, even if I saw, I, the reason I haven't seen it is because I knew it wasn't going to make my top 10 list, but I really want to see it um, because it looks fucking stupid and fun. Yeah, the that's, one. Nicolas Cage clearly is the devil. Yeah, there's the the Nicolas Cage movie that I want to see um, is the the dream one. I'm looking it up the, the title. Yeah, I want to dream scenario. Dream scenario. I want to see that too. Although I have heard it's not that good. Like it I, looked, I, it's it, the premise is, is everybody everybody's having the same everybody's having a dream about the same man who is Nicolas Cage. Uh this balding bearded Nicolas Cage, um which is a great premise, but I've 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 read reviews that say it kind of doesn't really stick the landing with its premise, but I'm still really into seeing it. It's one of those films that even though it's not the same premise, I'm like, we already have a being John Malkovich. And what I mean by that is like, we already have a quirky, weird film from like back in the day. Like this feels like it should have been made in like 2001, if that makes sense. Um, that I'm sure it's still fun, but uh, yeah, it's a good premise, but it feels like, like you're saying where it's like, you better stick the landing. Otherwise that's all you have is a premise. Uh, I still want to see it. Yeah, same. I also want to see uh, the boy and the heron. Oh yeah, I've yeah. not fucking seen that. I'm gonna. I want to try to catch that in theaters because it's his last film. So should probably see that in theaters. Allegedly, yeah. He, I, I feel like he keeps saying he's done, and then keep Miyazaki, and then he keeps making more movies. Isn't um, he dead? I, no, I don't think so. Oh, I thought he died, and so I was like, all right, that he's, well, that's as old as time. But <laughs> oh, okay. All right, good to know. Good to uh, know. I don't then think he's dead. I got now. I've got a. <laughs> no, no, he might be. I just. Um... No, he's not dead. He's eighty-two. <laughs> okay, it's just he's old, and everybody was like, "It's his last film." So I just put two and two together. But it turns out that was uh, improper of me. Yeah, he had um, said yeah, the but... wind rises back in twenty thirteen was going to be his last film, but now he's come back oh. ten years later to do the boy and the heron. So I actually haven't seen a Miyazaki film in theaters since Princess Mononoke. So I could stand to see. That's why I haven't seen. I don't think I've seen any of his films in theaters. That's the only one I saw was Princess Mononoke. Yeah. Um, do you have more? I have three more. I do. I want to see Saltburn. I haven't seen that yet. That was my next one. I want to see Saltburn. I feel bad that I missed it. I have a feeling it's a real bummer, um, just from the vibes I'm getting off of people I've, talking about it. I've but heard that I that's not. I, I've heard that that's not the case. I've heard that like intense things happen. Um. But that it's not necessarily a bummer. Uh, but I don't know how accurate that is. This is just the opinions of of people that I uh, uh, work with and respect. <laughs> so, right. But yeah, um, Saltburn. Um, Saltburn. I want to see American Fiction. 
but it's not playing anywhere near me. What the fuck is American Fiction? Oh, that's the Jeffrey Wright movie where it's kind of like World's Greatest Dad, where he's a professor who's like frustrated at his lack of success. So he writes a quote unquote, like stereotypical black novel where he just, you know, where it's, it's just where he makes all the details up of this great tragic past that he has because it's the only thing that white people seem to be interested in reading and it becomes this huge success and he has to like sort of fake it from that point. Oh, that sounds terrific. It it really sounds good. Yeah. And it's, it's been on a lot of lists, so I I hope I get a chance to see it soon. And Jeffrey, Jeffrey Wright's amazing. Yeah, he's great. Uh, I want to see fallen leaves um, that we covered that. I think, it might have been more hype, but it it's not a movie that I would have wanted to see, except it's showing up on a lot of favorite movie lists. Um, I've ta- I've heard people recommend it. Um, it's it's a fucking just a I don't know romantic comedy. It's the one that looked kind of like Wes Anderson-y, but I shouldn't say that because it looks more like something Wes Anderson, like the style that Wes Anderson would copy, I guess. Um, but it uh. I don't know. I, I wouldn't have thought much of it, but everybody's saying it's very good. So fallen leaves. Cool. Um, I have one more. Um, I have a few more. Um, the zone of interest need to see. Yeah. We'll talk about that. Okay. Uh, suitable <laughs> flesh. I haven't seen yet either. I did. Um, it's fun. It's very fun. Um, it is, uh, sexy thriller like it says i don't want to say too much about it because the premise is pretty obvious um right from the start but it's so here's what i'll say i've actually said on hypecast and stuff they need to make a movie like blank be, and then that's what that is it's that movie it's a movie that i kept saying we need we need this type of horror movie and suitable flesh seems to be that type of horror movie which is Sweet. cool so yeah uh the creator Sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean I I don't think it would have made my top ten list, but No, but I'm, I'm like, always I'm always into new sci fi. I just knew yeah, exactly. new ideas. It didn't nothing about the movie looked really particularly grabbed my attention. Um who is it? It's Gareth yeah. Edwards. And yeah, I think so. It's yeah. The Rogue uh, One guy. I haven't I've heard it's better than it had any right to be. Um at least it's it got better reviews than I expected. And so I just I want to fucking find out. I want to find out. That's all. Seems like fun. Sure. Yeah. I'll I got nothing watch. else to say about that. Yeah. Um, that's the that's the end of my list. All right. I think it's time for our top ten. Oh man! Right. Mm, I we'll think do a so. top ten, and then we'll cool down with honorable mentions because uh, I still have some ones. And so our top ten are going to be films that we've covered or not covered. You know, it, it's going to vary. And we'll probably have repeats, but we should just go through it. Do you want me to start with number 10? I think so, because I'm going to have to reorder my list a little bit. That's fine. Uh, My number 10 movie is Dungeons & Dragons Honor Amongst Thieves. Hell yeah. Um, Early in the year, easy to forget. I just think blockbusters should be more like this movie than other movies. This was a very successful and fun blockbuster. And when you look at like, I that's the one thing that I missed this year was like fun blockbusters. Like a big and fun that blockbuster. that was one of the few ones. Yeah, this was kind of the only one I saw really. 
Um, yeah. Honestly, that's my number 10, too. Oh, yeah, you know what? Guardians was pretty Guardians was pretty fun, but Guardians didn't Thank make you. my that list. Was, okay, yeah, that was an honorable mention. Yeah, I, I Guardians, like Guardians is an honorable mention just because... You know, James Gunn's a good movie maker. He he I think he understands the superhero movies best, probably, right now. Yeah. Um and it was tying Absolutely. up these characters that we all had spent a lot of time with, and it did it really well. Anyway. All right. Um yeah. same number ten. Yeah, Dungeons and Dragons. All the same reasons. Do you want me to... Yeah. Uh my number nine, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. You saw this. <laughs> I did, yeah. I uh, thought it Mr. was Turtles, very pretty. It, it was really great. Yeah. The animation was great. The voice acting was great. The four kids they got to play the turtles were incredible. Yeah, um, everyone he, was so funny. It was just a fun movie. Yeah. I like their Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman references. I sure, like yeah. um I like that April O'Neil is also a teenager. It took them way too fucking long to, to figure realize. That one out. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that's so much less creepy. They can have the hots for her now. Um, and it's not weird. She can hang out with them and it's not weird. Um, I liked what they did with the mutants. I liked what they did with Bebop and Rocksteady. I liked that they adjusted the plot, the characters, a little bit to keep it fresh while still making me feel like they understood Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is a silly thing to say, but there is stuff to understand about what's fun about them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um I liked the cinematography, which is a weird thing to say, but the cinematography stood out. They obviously they're animated a little like Spider Verse, but they it d- did feel like they did their but own not thing. entirely. They yeah, they did their own. Yeah. They did their own designs. It looks kind of stop motion done in that style. Yeah. Like they they it's it's hard to describe, but if you've seen it, you guys know it was cool. Yeah. Uh, I really liked it. It was yeah. cool. What's your number nine? Well, hmm. <laughs> I'm like doing uh, adjustments on the fly. Here. <laughs> Um, I locked it down and I hated that fact, but I locked it down. I should have locked it down. I think nine might, for me, might be Last Voyage of the Demeter. Ooh, good one. It's not even on my list. Um, that, that, and I kind of regret that. It was almost an honorable mention, but I really liked it. Um, it's fun. It's, it's, it's just, it's well made. It's, I like how mean it is. Like we were just saying that, yeah. like, when Evil Lurks was maybe a bit too cruel, I didn't, this one plays that balance pretty well um although the ending is really cheesy so that is probably why it's so low on my list but the rest of it i was really into for the most part absolutely yeah that's a good pick um should we keep going anything else to say about it no i just uh, i liked the cast um it was much much better than i expected i like how you know it's not a perfect movie but i like that it's always fun when you can make dracula scary absolutely so that's it that it's it's just it's well shot i think um for the most part yeah it was yeah um a lot of cool shadow play and stuff and all the all the darkness of being on the ship it's it's fun making a haunted house out of a boat yeah it is it's a fun fucking movie um you know what wasn't a fun movie but it is my number eight skidamarink See, I wasn't. I, I didn't know whether to count that for this year because it technically came out last year. <laughs> I know, I know. I counted it because it 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 technically did, but it released like you could see it in 2023. Gotcha. Um, if you want, I can I can discount it and put. Oh it no, 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 list. no 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 no. Okay, because yeah. it's it's on a lot of lists for this year. It um that movie gave me a headache. It's a very stressful movie. And I have so much fucking respect for it. Not just because we chatted with the director, but because 
it made me feel like a certain genre of movies are back again. Um, and that is like abstract, <laughs> surreal um, horror, uh, like Lynchian shit. It just, I love its popularity. I love that people ate it up and it, you know, responded to it. And I think it's a very fun, fun's the weird word for it, but a very uh, interesting and well-made film. It's so cool. Uh, it's so cool it's so to cool. experience it. I, I, I've said it a, mil- a million times before, but I don't think we did a We Just Watched on it, you and I. Did we? No, we didn't. I think um, I did it with Drew. You did it with Drew. That's right. Um, I love that it just, it's more, it, it's, it's like 50% an art piece too. So it's like, it's more, I mean, all movies are trying to create an emotion in you. Um, this one is throwing out vibes. So it really just is so watching this movie recreates the experience for me so well of, of being up too late when I was a little kid, like being awake in the middle of the night and you knew you weren't supposed to be. So there was like this vague hint of you're going to be in trouble for being, you don't, you should be up this wake. It's forbidden to be in the house when it's this late. You know what I mean? It like yeah. captured a lot, all of those feelings that you feel, but can't necessarily articulate when you're a little kid and you're in a dark house. Um, it is, it's fuck. It's an amazing movie. Beautiful vibes. And I want to point out another movie that's not on my list that is a real dark horse. I don't even know if you've heard of it, Tom. It jumped, it it just got released on streaming. It would have been a movie that deserved more hype. And it just I I was like looking at horror films and it just came out of nowhere. So I checked it out. It's called Enies Men. E-N-Y-S Men. E-N-Y-S Men. Enies Men. It is a I bring it up because if you like Skinnamarink, if you're listening, you really like Skinnamarink, you should probably watch this film. It is um, what Skinnamarink is to demons. This is for haunting. It's about a woman on a uh, uh, on an island um, off the Cornish coast. Who's I? She's some sort of. She's studying a flower, and every day is kind of the same for her. And we go through her day as this loop. And it gets weirder and weirder and more and oh, more we, haunted. Didn't we watch? It's like The didn't Shining. We, didn't we cover the uh, trailer for this? I don't think so, but I maybe we did a I long feel like time we covered ago. A, we covered a similar movie where there's somebody on an island doing research, and like as they are there, oh like, yeah, people keep walking it's, up to them, and it gets progressively weirder. There's a there is another movie about like this where it's a guy on a radio tower island. That's or something. the one. That's the one I'm thinking. Yeah. Of. Okay. Yeah. This one to give you reference it's got like an 80 percent on rotten tomatoes and like a 20 percent from audiences because it's very skinnamarink where it's more of an (laughs) abstract experimental film and that's why i'm pairing it with skinnamarink which is like if you like skinnamarink you would like this if you didn't like skinnamarink you won't like this um but it is a very uh fun movie but that's not on my list um we're on to your number eight right yeah i think my number eight is probably teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem nice yeah, it's it's great. It's it was so, really fun. It's so much fun. It was really really fun. Yeah, solid solid yeah. turtles movie. Yeah, um, I guess I'll do my number seven. Uh, this is surprisingly higher on the list. Um, Oppenheimer. Oh, Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. I, I wa- I've watched it twice now, and the second time around, I realized that Christopher Nolan did a very specific technique. Um, that was very cool. He is, I, I really like it when he works because like, 
So do you remember in um, Interstellar, there's that famous scene where they're on the the planet of waves. Mm-hmm. And planet wave, big, wave the, planet. The, yeah. The trivia of that scene is that if you hear the soundtrack, there's a ticking and the ticking represents a day passing on Earth. Oh, shit. So like, <laughs> yeah, that's part of in the soundtrack. It's a great idea. Um, and Christopher Nolan kind of loves doing that. The way he makes his films are very often he builds his editing or his his the way the film's presented he builds it into the premise right like memento is meant to simulate the idea of not having a short term memory right, right? because by going backwards like this character yeah yeah and oppenheimer does a thing that i only remember i only noticed the second time and that is obviously there's the the scenes where the sound drops off like the bomb going off when he like has those moments of realization. Mm -hmm. But another thing he does is for example, there's a scene where the scientist is talking about what if we made a hydrogen bomb and it's in the flashback. And then they cut to them later uh, talking with Robert Downey Jr. around the table about the hydrogen bomb again, Making a hydrogen bomb. Yeah. Yep. And then they cut to them in a hearing even later talking about the hydrogen bomb. And what he's doing is showing shockwaves. He shows an event the ripple and then effect, shows yeah. the shot, the ripple. And so like what's the whole thing is ripple based mm-hmm. in some very obvious ways. But even the filmmaking is done that way. Very well made film. You're right. Um, I didn't I didn't notice that. I, I'll have to watch it again. Um, yeah. And so I hadn't thought about Oppenheimer much. And then I watched it again. I was like, you know, this is a very well made movie. It very really well made. It stuck with me. Like I I think Oppenheimer is among Nolan's best films. Definitely, if yeah. not if not his best, maybe it's it's such a yeah. good character piece, which is amazing from Nolan because the criticism he always gets is that he doesn't understand people, <laughs> like he writes human yeah. beings like Martians, and there's a little bit he of does. that. There's a little bit of that in here because it's it's it, entirely subjective. It's from the point of view of two specific men. Um, but I think it works in his favor though it because does. Oppenheimer this, himself is kind of that. Person. He's myopic. And he's yeah. he's a he's a dude that is so focused. He lets every, he's so focused on details. Everything else falls away. I can see why Nolan is was drawn to this story. But it's yeah, it's it's a movie that is it doesn't it doesn't rely on spectacle like a lot of his movies do. It really doesn't. And it's, I, it's, I, yeah, it's, I re- you're, it's amazing how internal this movie is. You barely see the bomb explode. Yeah, like it, it it's it's not about that. And I just thought that was, it was not only was it like a great idea for, uh, to tell this story is to make it, well, this is what the story is. It's about this man knowing he, or feeling he has to do this and wrestling with, with what that means. And also with how culpable he is and all there's layers. There's a bunch of layers to it. That's why this person is an interesting historical figure. Um, so just to make a movie about, I like that with that just is, I don't know. There's something that is an entirely interior drama. So he picked the right narrative choice, but also it was pretty risky, right? This is a big IMAX movie. That's a three hour drama. That's half in black and white and there's no action. It's just in, it's an interior drama for the most part, not, not for the most part. There's also plenty of exterior drama, but, uh, but yeah, the, the conflict is almost entirely interior. It's amazing that yeah. he tricked the world into seeing it. Yeah, and then like late, <laughs> lately his quotes seeing being it in like, IMAX. Yeah, 
He's like, I made a three-hour movie and I made a three-hour drama in black and white that made a billion dollars. I'm feeling great about the movie industry right now. Yeah, that's what he said. That's in a the recent other interview. thing. In a way, Oppenheimer is one. It it it, it would symbolically it's higher on my list for that exact reason which is that i'm just so happy that it succeeded that everybody got together and said like yes we want movies like this and in the future we'll probably make more movies like this because of oppenheimer and it's kind of like skinnamarink it's the same vibes where i'm just like i fucking love that we all said like yes we are ready for this shit again um i love it what's your number seven um, I think my number seven is Barbie. Okay. Yeah. I enjoyed Barbie. I saw it late. I didn't get a chance to see it yeah. in the theaters um, just because of life. <laughs> but uh, I-, I liked this one, but it didn't stay with me as as much. And I guess that was probably because I had sort of hit it after after the, the initial wave of, of excitement. Um, right. And I guess I was a little surprised at how small scale it was, but that's not a bad thing at all. Like, I think it's a fun movie. It's very well made. It had a lot of, it's not super deep, but it had a lot of things to say um, that just normally don't get talked about in, in big blockbusters like this. Um, For sure. And it's funny. And there's, 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 everybody's having a blast making it. And it's, it's cool that a movie like this, um, that's also seen as a, as a huge risk for different reasons. You know, it's people, right. the, the, the mentality has long been in Hollywood that you can't make a blockbuster film for women. Um, you can't make a blockbuster film that doesn't appeal directly to, to white men. Um, I think that's a worldwide thing, <laughs> like an opinion that's held in a, in a lot of different uh, uh, studios, but uh, that's clearly not the case, obviously. Um, when you finally put out a, a movie for this this underserved audience that just you know wants to see more more stories that they can relate to, it becomes a huge fucking hit. It's the biggest movie of the year. It's one of the biggest movies ever made. Yeah, and that does send a great message because yeah. it was so long that th- there's like it's also and I know this doesn't matter, but there's always a thing where people are like Marvel's woke. That's not why it's not working, and it's like no, no. Now we have definitive proof that's why it's not working. <laughs> yeah. Marvel's um, not working because it's lazy. Yeah, exactly. And Barbie was not lazy. No, it wasn't. Um, there was a lot that went into that movie, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, em- Emerald Emerald Fennel, the director of Saltburn, is in it as Midge. She's oh, yeah. the, the, the pregnant Barbie. <laughs> That's so fucking weird. Yeah. yeah. There's a there's a bunch of fun cameos. It's 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 a fun cameo movie. It's just it's a movie that you just have a. I, I just had like a a doofy smile on my face the entire time um absolutely yeah it was really it was really well done everybody was great yeah <laughs> um i'll have more, a little more to say about it later sure. um uh but yeah I, I agree with everything you said um what are we on six that was my seven so oh yeah uh this is feels like it should be later down the list but my number six is cobweb oh cobweb um I just, I, I mean, I, this is all good. That's the thing. It's my, it's all movies I loved. That's what, so it's like being number six. It's like, that's still in the top, like zero, zero point or zero, zero one percentile or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it, this is all, I really like Cobweb. I love that director. I know a lot of people didn't like Cobweb. Cobweb is weirdly divisive. It got mostly bad reviews. Really? Um, 
Yeah, there's. I've seen video essays on like this is why cobweb <laughs> is bad. Yeah, it doesn't have good. Re- and I don't know what it is. I think I wonder if people's their brains short circuited. Um, and I, I wonder if it's just that there's a lot of movies like this already. But cobweb to me is ex- like an extremely well crafted spooky horror movie. Um, it is. I think looking at this list, depending on your definition of horror. It's, I think, my favorite horror movie of the year. Um, it's legit. Uh, it's, I don't know what to say about it, except that it is a very well-crafted film in every way and really well shot. And I love this director and I can't wait to see his next film. There's nothing spectacular about it, which is probably why it's only number six. Like, it's uncomplicated. You know what I mean? It's not saying anything profound, no, it's it just, a, just horror a, movie. Very it's a solid horror movie. It's just yeah, spook him up. Yeah. Sometimes that's, that's all my you number need. six. Yeah. All right, my number six is Oppenheimer. 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 So yeah, um, Barbieheimer was kind of six and seven on my list. Yeah. That's fair. You know, all the, for back. all the reasons we we've already said about about Oppenheimer. Um, all right. Good. All Movie right. stage uh, drama. All right, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep chugging along then. My number five. This is so. This was so tough. Killers of the Flower Moon is my Ooh, number five. Okay. Um, it's. I mean, it's an exceptional film. Yeah. I assume it's on your list too. It is. So why don't we just leave it at that? <laughs> we'll talk <laughs> about it more when it comes up on your list. But like, you know, I, I, I. I love this movie. It was fantastic. The more I thought about it, the better it got. And and the way Scorsese handled the fact that Scorsese was telling the story, that the the idea of this Native American story kind of stolen uh, by white people to the point, it, like it it worked. It worked that it was from the point of view of a white dude because it's sort of about that idea. Like it's that's about part the, of it. Yeah, it's about the white supremacist conspiracy that you know. And the replacement, replacing mm. them. Mm. And the movie is facing that by doing certain narrative tricks that are kind of designed to rub you the wrong way. One being that it's from the perspective of this white guy. And you're like, why the fuck am I watching it from this white guy's perspective? And then, you know, by the ending, you're like, oh, I get it. Yeah, that's, that's the, part of this. That's the story he could tell. Yeah. What's your number five? My number five is When Evil Lurks. There it is. Yep. Yeah, we already talked about it, but <laughs> it is a very good yeah, movie. I like this movie. <laughs> it's good. I like mean things sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I understand. I mean, I'm. Uh, I do mean, you have anything else you want to say? No, just like I mean, you you and I are both. We have a we have a streak of of old school horror fan in us. So I think both of us enjoy movies like this once in a while, where it just no fuck you. This is a horror movie. Nothing's this yeah. thing gonna be a happy ending. Are you kidding? Like it's just yeah. it's just a, a horror movie. Um Absolutely. And I, I thought it was an interesting way to do a pandemic movie. Yeah. Very good. It's a cool idea. Um Yeah, it's just funny you talk about mean films because my number four is the zone of interest. <laughs> which is I wouldn't call a mean film. It is a gut-wrenching film you yeah. haven't seen it so i won't no, say too I'm... much but it, you know the premise yes uh restate it for the, for the folks at home maybe if they don't remember yeah it is about a commandant uh at auschwitz and it's his house right next to the camp and it's mostly so 
I, I looked into this because you can, you actually, I got this vibe watching it and then I looked it up. The director, who's the director of Under the Skin and Sexy Beast, oh. um, he put cameras and microphones. He just planted them in the house. Oh, um, that's so cool. The, so it's like voyeuristic. Yeah. Yes. And the camera never really moves much for that reason. So it's them kind of going about their lives in this house. They're having parties. They're raising their kids. They're worried about his job they're you know like any other family where it's like he's trying to get a promotion etc etc yeah gotta only, have the boss over for dinner yep yep exactly and though only the entire time you just hear it you never see it you just hear it and it is gut-wrenching Man. you hear the screams you hear the gunshots at night you see the smokestacks um and they're talking about it all in such an abstract way the whole time like any other job and it is about like the how title. yeah it's about how people can ignore this it's mostly focused on his wife um there's parts where like she's trying on new clothes and i'm like mm, where'd you get that clothes exactly it's where'd a, you get that coat it's a, yeah it's it's incredible it's it's a part of the an aspect of the holocaust that gets talked about a lot um and discussed yeah. in, in in texts and you know in academic settings and, and whatnot but like it it doesn't make it into movies as much no where, it, it, because where it's it's that's the whole point it's like well how did this happen well it's because you know, the zone of interest. It's because people can uh, allow it to happen by just completely shutting it out. Yes. Because that's or rationalizing the the movie. it or justifying it in some way. That's a big, yeah. Yeah. The key thing is it's not that they don't know. It's that they, <laughs> they don't know. think about it. Yeah. There's a scene where like a woman is talking to her and she's talking about uh, a fr- an old, like acquaintance who was a Jew. And she's like, I wonder if she's over there about the camp and that's it like it's the equivalent of like i wonder what they're up to these days yeah. like it's that and Gosh. so it's it's gut-wrenching it's, uh, it pretty, goes pretty fucking relevant right now exactly <laughs> it is so good the ending is amazing i won't go into the ending obviously but it is very abstract in a lot of ways and it's very um a lot of it is slow because that it's kind of the point is to show this mundane life, but it never feels slow. It's almost like, like all the shots are designed in a way where it's like Auschwitz is looming. It's like, it's like a monster, you know, uh, that like you, that the way it slowly reveals it in the way you like, you get these shots of these beautiful gardens and then you just see the, the guard tower in the back of the shot. And it's always there their their house is walled on every side so it's almost like they're in their own little prison but it's about the idea that they're shutting it all out mm-hmm. um it is it is it would be my number one um if it weren't for the fact that it is not going to be for everybody but it should be watched by everybody yeah, um it I'm, is an incredible fucking film yeah it's it's very very high on my list of movies to watch yeah it's probably the best film of the year not my favorite, if that makes sense, but it the does. best film of the year. Yeah. yeah. It should win all the awards. Um, gut-wrenching, fucking horrifying, amazing movie. That's my number four. <laughs> my number four is uh, Napoleon. Oh! <laughs> I'm glad you put it on because it's on mine. I fucking love it's... Napoleon. I love what a messy little bitch he is. I loved how funny and weird the movie was. I just thought it was... 
And I liked also yes. what it had to say. You know, we did a We Just Watched episode about it where we I think we were both sort of impressed with um, yeah. how much the movie had to say about its characters. Um, probably, you know, mostly just Napoleon. And it's, you know, it's it. I think Ridley Scott is getting better <laughs> the older he gets. Like yeah, he just, it's a great his, film. His movies are still long, but they're really efficient, if that makes sense. And Napoleon was weirdly fun and funny and engaging, but also dramatic and emotional. I just, I really enjoyed it. It was like a, it felt like a pop, like a pop uh, important movie, if that makes sense. Right. Like a pop Oscar yeah. film. It's much like Killers. It's like Ridley Scott. If he's like, I, I want to make a four hour film. It's like, yeah, you do that. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. He's whenever they're like, we're making a two and a half hour superhero film. I'm like, you cut that down by an hour. Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. But like, I'm going to make a fucking almost three hour Napoleon film. It's like, yeah, that's why we make long films. That's yeah. what long films are for. Seems like that's not enough time, actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because they, they leave a lot out. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that was my that's number very, four, Napoleon. Yeah. It's great. It's not on my list mainly because I'm just not a history guy. Like it has nothing to do with the quality of the film. Oh, I'm, a, I'm, a, histi- I'm a history guy. I like history. Yeah. I'm, Obviously. I'm not. I'm, yeah. But it's very good. That's your number four. That's my number four. Um, speaking of weird little guys, my number three is the holdovers. Um, mm, I want to see this so bad. Yeah. You, so this is the thing. There's extra points for the fact that it was filmed where I'm from. And so every 80, like, 80% of this film is because it, it was filmed in uh, a few places. One is a place, a town I lived. It's also where they filmed the judge mm-hmm. and they filmed Dexter and labor day, but also they film it as Deerfield Academy, which is, I actually was an extra in a period film that was shot at Deerfield Academy. So that's all to say that I've been inside about 80% of this movie. Like I, I was just like, Oh yeah, I've been in that classroom. I've been there. Like every <laughs> fucking minute of the movie is shit. If there's a scene where they go to Boston and then they just shoot the interiors back in where I'm from. So like the whole fucking movie is my, my hometown oh, or my perfect. hometown area. So like, that's all to say that I'm a little biased. Um, that said, it's also just a very good movie. It's a little slice of life. There's it, it starts in a way where you're like, like the starting premise, you're kind of like, oh, I get it. This will be fine. And then it changes up in a little way that you go like, oh, this is going to be really great. Um, and it's just a sweet little comedy. It's an Alexander Payne film. You know, mm-hmm. it has a little bit of hurt, a little bit of pain and a little bit of good. Um, he loves that shit. So nothing spectacular like it's not about it's like now that i'm thinking about it i'm like man i wonder if zone of interest should have gone after (laughs) the holdovers but i'm going by my favorites sure you know that's the the list that's the list dave exactly and the holdovers made me feel all warm and fuzzy and it was nice and quaint and that's all i'll say about it what's your number three cobweb 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 rules. It's such a good movie. Yeah, it rules. It's so well acted. Again, best horror movie. Again, if you don't count Zone of Interest, which you could, but Cobweb is best supernatural, right? But you go, you go. It's your pick. So why do you love Cobweb? It's it's fucking gnarly, man. I love the premise. I like the the switch. Um, I like gothic horror 
um, that starts with, you know, stories like this that start with, there's, oh, it's a family that's clearly keeping some kind of secret. Like the parents are weird and they're sinister. Never like super outwardly so, but in a quiet way. And then you f- the, the layers of the mystery start unfolding where first you think he's hearing a ghost and then it's clear that it's uh, not a ghost. It's a living person in his walls. Um, and right. like, okay, who is this person? So there's the way the mystery unfolds in, in this, uh, um, classically gothic way, um, but in a modern setting, um, in this tiny creeped out suburban house with this pumpkin patch in the back backyard. It's just, it's good. It's just good. It's all, it's a fucking so Halloween good. as hell movie. So it good. is. And, and the fantastic. ultimate, the ultimate reveal of what the actual thread is, is very, very satisfying and very fun. Yeah. Best horror movie of the year. Probably. Even though a lot of people out there are probably like, really? Like, I'm glad we both liked it so we don't have to fucking fight over it. But like, it doesn't have that amazing reviews. It's weird. Weird. I know. It really reminded me of like this year's Barbarian. Yeah. That's exactly what it reminded me of. Yeah. Um, it was so much fun. Yeah. What's your uh, uh, number right. two, Dave? Number two. Number two. My number two is Anatomy of a Fall. Fuck. I got to see this. You got to see it. Well, all right. Here's what I'll say. Uh, again, going by favorites. This is a dad film at heart. Um, for people who don't know the premise, this is, uh, I believe, a French film, but a lot of it's in English. And the main character is the wife in the zone of interest. So this actress is fucking killing it this Sweet. year. Sweet. Yeah, good for her. Um, yeah, it's about a husband and a wife and their kid, and their kid is partially blind, and he goes, or he's fully blind, I don't know. Um, he has a seeing-eye dog, and he feels around, but he's, he, it, it, was, it, it seemed like he had, it doesn't matter. Um, the kid goes out for a walk while um, the husband is working in the attic, and the wife is... Um, downstairs and the husband and wife are clearly having like marital issues when the kid comes home her his dad is dead his dad has fallen from the attic and the most of the film is a courtroom drama about did she push him or not there's no witnesses fuck yeah dave i can't wait to watch this Mm. i know Mm, it is a um, drama yep it is a it is kind of like that staircase that's what I was that thinking true of. true crime thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's because there's no evidence. Basically, really quickly, they establish the forensics could go either way. So it's mostly just they're putting their marriage on trial. And it's it's a lot from the point of view of the boy um, who has to hear all this and has to determine, like, what does he think, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it is a courtroom drama that's very intense, plus a drama, just straight up drama. I mentioned on a podcast, it has, without spoiling anything, it has one of the best dog performances I've ever seen, if not the best dog performance in a movie. Uh, solid dog. Um, yeah. Um, it really comes down to one scene that the dog, it was such a good performance that I thought they had faked it. Um, and uh, it's just a really, like, it's mostly people talking in a courtroom, and I was at the edge of my seat. It's over. It's like two and a half hours long. It flew by. So this is all to say, like, it's probably not going to be a lot of people's favorite. But for me, who loves this shit, I was just edge of my seat. Courtroom drama. Yeah, I'm gonna drink this up so like a good. fugitive, man. Mm. Yeah, splish so splash good. in this pond. Right, and it's not a traditional courtroom drama in that 
it's less, it, you know, it's, it's the verdict isn't like the final thing, like a, like a lot of courtroom dramas, but it, it, it goes into a, it's, it's just very good. It's very good in general. Um, it's not, I mean, I'll have to watch it again to, to note how deep it is. It's very well made. Um, extremely good film but i mainly liked it kind of just as a superficial thriller um there's probably more to it than that but that's how i took it in because i've only seen it once i have a little recency bias on this because it's one of the last films i saw recently but i really enjoyed it um anatomy of a fall cool it's on it's prime in, right it's now in, i'm gonna rent the shit out of it is it did it come I on prime oh it is. yeah yeah it's on it's on. It's That's on awesome. as we record it. Actually, like uh, today, that and Saltburn are are now Hell streamable. Yeah. So, yeah, um, check it out. My number two is Skinnerink. 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 I love that it's your number two. It was very nearly my number one. <laughs> yeah, that's great. It nothing has stuck with me this year the way that Skinnerink did. I think that's about this movie all the time. It stuck with me too. It, yeah. It's never left. I, yeah, it's just I, yeah. it's such a memorable movie and piece of art and experience. Like it's just it's great. Um, I really right. enjoy it. Um, all right. I guess I'll say my number one. <laughs> uh, people should probably have figured this out from process of elimination. My number one remains Barbie. Um, really? It's okay. hard to describe. Yeah, it's hard to describe because I think you put it at like seven, which is understandable. Um, I just, I really like it when very talented people do a very good job. And this movie actually made me cry. And not because of the movie, because when I saw the first like 10 minutes and realized they fully realized this world. The sets are gorgeous. They're doing song and dance. The The performances were gorgeous. The set is unreal. Like the it's cinematography in, it's crazy they built all that yeah yeah i just looked at it and said like oh my god this is they did such a good job and they're doing it they're enjoying it they're I like they like oh sorry go ahead oh no just on a meta level it was just like i can't believe they made this so well and it was it was beautifully made i i know it's not like again it's zone of interest is probably the best made film you know it's not the most artistic film in the world it has like you know corporate tie-in shit um but there was just it was just so well made i don't know i i loved every second of it i enjoyed it for a dumb thoughtless blockbuster and i enjoyed it had a deeper message aimed at like teenage girls you know which isn't really a message for me for obvious reasons but it was just so well crafted and so fun and so much joy that I had to give it my number one because I'm like, that's ultimately what I think movies are. Yeah. You know? No, it's, it's the, I love that they understood that they had to build the Barbie stuff in order for it to look like Barbie stuff. Like if yeah. you just, if you just CG'd all like her, her house and her car and stuff, it wouldn't look plastic. It wouldn't look a Barbie toy. Like it, look, exactly. it, look, it wouldn't look right. And just the understanding that thing, like that fundamental thing was, Man, yeah. it's just it's 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 one of a million things that uh, the uh, Greta Gerwig and uh, the set designers and and the cinematographer and everyone just understood about how to make this movie. Everybody was firing on all cylinders. There mm-hmm. was not a single performance that every performance seemed to outdo each other constantly. Um, they were just so good 
Um, and yeah, everything from the music to, to the, the, the cinematography, the set design, to the prop design, to the makeup, it's all amazingly done. It's just so well fucking crafted. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed Barbie. Yeah. It's a good movie. Again, like yeah. I put it at seven, but like you said, everything on every movie on my list, I, I thought was great. Yeah, and so, it's all subjective, you know. Yeah, like I'm course. second guessing every fucking thing. Oh on yeah, this I list hate. I hate order. where I put everything now. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, but that's the point. That's, that's the point that's of what, a top yeah. ten list. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, my number one is Killers of the Flower Moon. Great film. Yeah, it's an incredible film. That's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, um, I'm a big Scorsese fan, so I, I get excited when a, a new one comes out. Uh, I don't love all of his movies. I haven't even really seen. Um, I think I, I haven't even seen. I might have only seen half of them. There's a number that I haven't seen. Um, mm-hmm. But I really love his ability to draw you in to the live, the, the kind of small lives of, of, of characters um, and just keep, keep that pace going for so it just, he's, he's very good at immersing you in, in the, the story that way. Um, and that's just right. one of many things that I, I like uh, so much about his movies. And that's definitely present here. Um, I like that he picked uh, the DiCaprio character as the main character and then uglied him up the way that he did, uh, which yeah. is actually historically accurate. Like in the Killers of the Flower Moon book, that character Ernest is described as being handsome, but with like a smashed nose, like he got punched in the face. And that's exactly what Leo looks like in the movie. He's a handsome guy, but he got like fucked up at some point. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's just, I think it's like um, Zone of Interest. I think the story about the conspiracy, the the angle that he decided to take on this, on the reign of terror uh, events um, for the Osage uh, people in the, in the, early 20th century um, where something like 60 to 70 people were murdered at least that they can kind of know of and probably a bunch more that they have no idea about. Um, Yeah. So it's just very relevant to tell. I I think it's, it's, it's the story is, is disappointingly or, or not disappointingly, but like despairingly relevant in the way that zone of interest is despairingly relevant. Yes, for sure. Like it's, this we're still seeing like, you know, in the wake of big erasure of stuff like book bans and like, uh, getting rid of any kind of, um, uh, uh, minority studies in, um, in, uh, state colleges and just really trying to erase the narrative of American history and rewrite it in a way that white people are amazing and great and God's chosen people. Like we're seeing that so fucking hardcore right now. And that's what this movie's about. Like that's what the, what was at the heart of, of the conspiracy and killers of the flower moon is that all of these white dudes believe they had to write to do this because of white supremacy. Like they say it throughout the movie. They're like, well, the Osage people are on their way out. So it's, it's just the natural order that we come in and take all this money that they don't even, they, why should they have all this money? Like it's, it's such a perfect depiction of American history. Like it's, it's, yes. it's a, it's a, it's a single episode of fairly recent American history, but it's like, no, this has always been the problem and it continues to be the problem. Um, and, I just, and it's yeah. also not boring. 
No, not at all. It's a very, very engaging movie. <laughs> it's also a very movie. good movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. Just, I'm sitting here getting into like the themes and like why it's relevant. It's also just a good movie in the way that Scorsese yeah. movies are good. It's not like a crime drama, really. Like, so, like no, I, not at all. I think some people were ex- maybe some people were expecting it to be because it is about a series of crimes, but like you're in on the conspiracy from the beginning. So really, the escalation is you steadily learn how culpable DiCaprio is, and then you're watching. Meanwhile, Lily Gladstone is just bewildered and and uh, getting poisoned, and as her family is dying around her, so it's like this. Yeah, it's um, not quite a thriller though, but I don't know. It's um, he did he did an Oppenheimer where yeah. the trailer is like, "Ooh, come see it, the bomb," and then you watch it, and you're like, "Oh, it's not that at all." And no. this was the same where like, "Oh, it's crime, they're gonna fight each other," and then you watch it, and you're like, "Oh no, he's just slowly poisoning her, isn't he?" Yeah, yeah, oh, and okay. it's, it's about, I mean, it's very about, good, but yeah. It is kind of about like what a bunch of clowns they are. Like when the FBI comes in, they don't yeah. like you're, you're expecting like, oh, the FBI is here. Now the cops will take over. But that doesn't really happen. Like they don't, they never become like even Jesse Plemons never becomes a major character. They're just sort of in the no. background. It really is. It's a great is, depiction of the FBI as being yeah. like, they're not the good guys. Like, like they're just very serious, but they're still kind of, they're not great. You know, like they're, they're, they're fine, I guess, but um, they're efficient. They have, to be, it's they just, have to beg them to show up in the first yeah, place, you know? Yeah, it's that's it's an interesting idea, too, where it's it's at the early, like, a lot of places didn't have police departments still at this point. I don't know. Right. Um, anyway, that's all stuff that's in the book. Um, I was just really into the movie. Good movie. Great, great movie. Fucking well made. Um, uh, love that it focuses on just what a craven little worm <laughs> DiCaprio is. I know, he's such a little <laughs> He's little, so good in jerk. it. Again, De Niro is a real, real king shit too, and Lily Gladstone yeah. obviously is great. And I don't know, it was, um, it was great performances all around. Yeah, it just really affected me. And um, yeah, I, I, I just thought it was um, surprisingly profound in an unexpected way. Like you wouldn't think sure. a story about these ghouls would would end up being as profound as it i don't know i'm i'm, I'm talking it up too much now <laughs> i mean but, but it's uh, your number one i get it yeah. you really liked it yeah yeah i'm um, really into it yeah i have some honorable mentions but that's our that's it that's our list we fucking did it we nailed but it, i Dave. do have a lot of i have a lot of 11s number 11s sure let's hear um it. uh and i i figured doing this second so we don't spoil the list shout out to infinity pool I still need to that see was that. This year, the, you didn't see Infinity Pool. I haven't seen no Infinity shit. Pool yet. The Brandon Cronenberg one. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun bullshit. But Possessor, I liked Possessor better. But it's Possessor very rocks. like, it's it's like the that that Cronenberg level where you're just like, this is so silly. I was Crimes of the Future this year because if it was, then I guess shout out to that. Uh, we mentioned Godzilla minus one. This one, I. This kept almost making my list. A haunting in Venice, just oh, very yeah. fucking solid. Solid, very solid. That's a solid yeah. honorable mention for sure. Yeah, yeah. They cloned Tyrone. That's on I Netflix. S- I still need to watch it? it. I still need to watch it. A lot of fun. Uh, the killer, the killer. You saw the killer. I did like the killer. The killer was pretty funny. Oh, was <laughs> I fun. did enjoy the killer. <laughs> Brooklyn Forty Five from the maker of We Are Still Here. That's on streaming. I need that's to see a that one. really you were yeah me really that. unique yeah really unique and neat um across the spider verse 
had they finished the movie, I might have oh, put it on the list. Man, but it's very, I was very really good. disappointed by that. Actually, yeah. yeah. Uh, we mentioned Guardians, Guardians Three, uh, Evil Dead Rise, Evil yeah. Dead Rise. Yeah, that was pretty good. Very fun. Yeah. Talk to me. Also Talk very me. fun. Pretty, 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 Man. pretty awesome. Like that movie. Yep. Mentioned the Bone Woman. Uh, you mentioned Suitable Flesh. And then these are not honorable mentions, but I just have to note that I saw Pet Cemetery Bloodlines. Uh, you don't have to see that. Nobody has to see that. And I saw Blue Beetle, which was fine. <laughs> <laughs> Perfectly fine movie uh, set in a universe that doesn't exist anymore. Sweet. Blue Beetle. Glad we got Blue that Beetle one, felt like. Yeah, that was one where I was like, ah, you're 10 years too late. This yeah. would have been good 10 years ago. Shirks. Make this movie yeah. earlier. <laughs> yeah, where they're like, look, we're 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 do we're diverse. We're doing like, it's you like, know, you, Latino you people. And I'm like, you should have fucking done that to begin you with. You should have done it you're 10 doing years it, ago. You're, you're yeah, doing, you're it, doing at it, the it now that no one cares. Like, yeah, you've squ- you've squeezed all the goodwill out of out of people at this point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Um, um, but it's 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 a perfectly fine superhero movie. That that's all I should say. Do you um, have any others? I have an honorable mention. It's a it's a yeah. short it's a short film. <laughs> it's it's by Connor O'Malley. <laughs> it's called The Mask. <laughs> the Mask? Do you know who Connor O'Malley is? No. He's a comedian. He's on he's on several I think you should leave sketches. Um, but he does these very. Oh, Connor! I just looked him up. He's also in Detroiters. He yeah, plays you know his Connor brother. O'Malley. Yeah, he's great. So his most recent short that he put out is called "The Mask," and he makes like these kind of very surreal Tim and Eric esque. I think you should leave esque uh, comedy sketches on his YouTube channel. But his most lace, his most recent video, "The Mask," um, clearly took him several years to make, and secretly, like as you watch, you get like five or six minutes in. It's about thirty minutes long. You realize it actually has a narrative. And then you start to follow it. And by the, it actually had me almost a little misty eyed at the, like it's, it actually has a profound ending. Does um, he sleep with Frankenstein's chick? No, Did it's not like, it's, it's not, it's not what you expect. It like, it, yeah. it actually has something pretty, pretty thoughtful to say uh, about. I'll watch it about uh, social media culture and parasocial relationships. And I, I, I don't want to say too much more about that because it'll spoil it, but it's, it's I'm basically watch the shit out of this. You're base. It's kind of like missing or searching in that you're basically watching. It's a browser based movie where you're watching somebody kind of browse the, the YouTube social media presence of this character. I forget what his name is. Tyler something. He's not, he's not playing Connor O'Malley in it. Um, and you, it's just sort of this dude's he's a huge whose line is it anyway fan and it's his desperate quest to become to go out to LA and make it as a comedian and that's the starting point and it gets so fucking dark <laughs> but, Ooh, that sounds but great. it's so well done and it actually has like a pretty affecting ending like how it ends is like you end it ends and you're like oh shit like it's, it, it ends pretty fucking real, honestly. So I I can't say enough good things about it, but it's also it's very weird. If you if you're a fan of him at all, or if you're a fan of Detroiters, or I think you should leave, you kind of know what this is going to be. Um, yeah, I have to see this. But it is intensely surreal. But a narrative, a clear narrative, does start to emerge pretty quickly, and then it just becomes kind of a short film. That's awesome. Yeah, it's yeah really, I found it it's online. Like really I'm gonna good. watch it. It's about twenty <laughs> minutes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, watch oh, Connor man. O'Malley's The Mask. <laughs> All right. 
I will. Holy shit. Uh, and I think we did it. I think we Tom. did it, Dave. I think we fulfilled our obligation. <laughs> we have covered the top 10 films of the year and then some, folks. Thank you so much. Thank you. Everybody give us a hand. Everybody give us a hand at home. Mm. We're not going to clap. You no. should clap. You should clap for us. That's what this is about. That's exactly. the arrangement. Exactly. So uh, please clap. And uh, please check out our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Gamefully Unemployed. Uh, you go on there. Uh, we watch movies every Friday night with our patrons. We have exclusive podcasts. Tom and Jeff watch Batman. Fox Mulder's Maniac. Star Trek The Next Futurama. And Spiel Boys. Um, yeah, we have custom we just watched. It's where it all happens. Please check it out. Yeah. Or rate and review us uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Do that stuff. We also have an awesome Discord community that you can get to be a part of. Uh, Hell so yeah. Be sure to check that out when you sign up. Also, we have a store. Head over to GamefullyUnemployed.com. You can find a link to our Teespring store where you have all kinds of cool original artwork and designs. You can get on t-shirts, mugs, stickers, posters, all sorts of things. So slap your year-end peepers onto those. Hell yeah. And may your year be new. Mm-hmm. Right? You don't yeah. want the same year. No, you throw that. The, this year is now just a, a shitty old man in a diaper. So you kick his ass out and then you get brand yep. new baby new year in his place. Yeah, that's what you do. Always a diaper, though. Never not a diaper. May your year be diaper. Mm -hmm. Filled with diaper. Yes. <laughs> May your years be huggied. <laughs> <laughs>